This message is brought to you by the 30-Minute Mentor. I'm excited to let you know that the 30-Minute Mentor is live. Our cohorts, our one-on-one consults, and also our master classes. Right now, I am running a special on the subscriptions, which will afford you at least 12 classes throughout the year from myself and also guest mentors. Right now, we're offering it for half off at $7.99 a month. All you need to do is sign up. Go to the30minutementor.com for more information. If you just want to sign up for one-off classes, you can do so for $9.99. Also go to the30minutementor.com. The first class is on the 19th and it's covering unnetworking for those of you who hate the other word. This has proven to be one of the most popular topics that I've written on, spoken on, or even had mentoring circles on. So sign up as soon as you can. Space is limited, only 100 people per session. The prices for the master classes are now 50% off, but that will not last. But once you've signed on and signed up, you'll be able to listen live or listen to the replays whenever you can. Again, that's the 30minutementor.com. See you online. Hey, y'all. This is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith. And each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. Today marks the second installment of our Women's Empowerment Series. We had a wonderful conversation with the official biographer, and great-great-granddaughter of Madam C.J. Walker, Alilia Bundles, last episode. This episode, we have a continuation of this conversation, but with someone with a story that's a little bit more contemporary. I'm talking about co-founder of Miss Jessie's hair care products, Miko Branch. Miko and her sister, Titi, co-founded Miss Jessie's. And if you were one of the many women who had natural hair or wanted to try natural hair instead of relaxers, you know this brand very well because it was one of the brands that showed up online during a time where many of us were trying to plot our course on our natural hair journey. You probably also recall that Miss Jessie's was the first of many products to make it into big box retail most specifically, Target. And oh, what a day it was to walk the hair care aisle and see that glorious curly pudding on the shelf. We could finally get what we needed in a store. There's something about being empowered to do your hair and look great. There's also something about being a woman in charge of your own business that actually empowers other women. 
I won't steal the thunder from our conversation. I want you to meet Miko Branch, co-founder of Miss Jessie's Hair Care Products. You were at the Black Enterprise um, Entrepreneur Summit in 2016. Uh huh. Yes. And I think it was after you spoke. And uh, of course, Patrick was there, who I know I've known him forever. And he introduced <laughs> me to you. And at the time, I was wearing this big, curly, um, kind of strawberry blonde fro. And I mm. mentioned to you that Miss Jessie's got me through a lot. In the beginning, wow. <laughs> because Thank you. there really weren't that many products out there to, to, to see about us naturalistas out there. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, those were the early days. Yes. Thank you for your support. I really appreciate you using Miss Jessie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I admire what you and your sister have done. And um, you've done so much for black women um, and, you know, other women who have textured hair. Yeah, it's definitely a labor of love, uh, Michelle. I, you know, in teaching, I first started out um, as stylists, just sitting at our kitchen table. We understood how important it was to share, you know, all of our discoveries inside of our brownstone. It was just too important um, to keep our stylist and, and, and salon hat on. Right. The name of that game is don't tell your, your customers and clients Um how to do their hair. Yeah. You know, you want to keep them as you want to keep them as your 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 steady clients, but it was just it was just too big, you know, to uh, keep to ourselves. Yeah, well, I'm so grateful that you didn't keep it to yourself. And the story <laughs> behind it is so great. How about we have a culture soup moment? You ready? Yes. Okay, awesome. So, I just wrapped up um, an interview with Alilia Bundles and she talked about <laughs> Uh, women's empowerment, of course, through the story of her great-great-grandmother, Madam C.J. Walker, the first female millionaire in the United States of America. And of course, you can't talk about that without speaking about how she empowered black women to know how to manage and take care and make their hair very healthy. Yes. And it reminds me, and we talked about how she was really um, social media 1.0 because her network of women were set up to share good news about how to take care of their hair, which reminded me of the hashtag Team Natural. If you speed yes. up all the way to the 21st century, you agree? I absolutely agree. Uh, th those networks that she started were so powerful. It was a way for us to communicate and share information. And through that, we were able to better ourselves. So, yes, shout out to Madam C.J. Walker for uh, really empowering us and, and helping us to um, get things going. Absolutely. And that hashtag is so much broader than a hashtag because it really represents how women were sharing information on mm -hmm. social media where it wasn't really available. You agree? Mm -hmm. 
I absolutely agree. You know, the, there's always a conversation to be had and choosing our conversations and, and putting value and importance in the right area is the key. And she's one of the people who really had us to focus on independence and focus on being providers and doing things that are productive. So uh, I really love that about Madam C.J. Walker. Absolutely. And your product line, Miss Jessie's, was on its way into the public uh, view when that hashtag and some of the YouTube bloggers uh, started to share information online. Do you think that the Internet had a lot to do with spreading the message of Miss Jessie's? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I don't believe Miss Jessie's would be or could be the Miss Jessie's that it is today had it not been for the Internet and for the line of communication uh, and conversation that was had um, online. You know, um, the hashtags are arose out of something that was that was happening that was brewing and uh, just extended so far and beyond hair um, but yes absolutely right we could not have touched as many people as we did without the communication or the the platform of the internet so let's back up a bit and let's talk about how you and your sister and even before that um, developed the Miss Jessie's brand and the products that you guys um, ended up manufacturing that touched so mm -hmm. many lives? Yes. Well, you know, Miss Jessie's was uh, something that um, we created it out of nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean that we didn't have formal training in uh, the area of um, chemistry. Um, we didn't have formal training even in business. But what teaching I did have was a desire to be helpful, while at the same time we were experiencing a lot of challenge, Michelle. Mm -hmm. And that combination turned out to be something wonderful, you know, after we put some years into um, creating Miss Jessie's. But it was something we actually just kind of figured out as we were going uh, due to what was happening in our lives, like, you know, my... my um, hairstyle had to change mm -hmm. um, as my lifestyle changed. And also we had an urgency in that we'd lost our business. So we really had to focus on the next opportunity um, if we wanted to um, continue to be women in business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and I recall that Miss Jessie's was probably the first, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my memory, the first full product line of natural hair care products to even make it into big box retail. And how did you make that leap from the internet mm -hmm. to retail? Mm -hmm. I think focusing on creating products that were solution oriented. Uh, that was what Titi and I were doing while we were creating and coming up with formulations and, uh, and applying that and pairing that with styling techniques that we created in our salon. And what happened was we would just do one head after another, as many as we can do in a day. And with the help of the internet, many people would share their experiences. Then to pick up the momentum, Tithi and I decided to post before and after pictures to show the result of our work. Mm -hmm. And what that did was that showed people the possibility. Mm -hmm. There were many uh, women, primarily with a tighter coil curl, who just, they just weren't acquainted with their natural texture. 
So, you know, it was the help of you guys who got us the final call from Target because what you guys did was you stopped buying relaxers in places like Target, Walmart, Mm -hmm. Walgreens, and CVS. So much that they noticed and relaxer sales were down around 30%. And I'm sure that they did their research And uh, we didn't know it, but when we got the call from Target, we were just so excited to be in Target. Uh, We had no idea of the change that we were making at at large mass retailers. But uh, when we look back, we understood or we understood it better why things happened the way they Mm -hmm. did. So we got that invitation. And that's how we went from selling products from our salon or from PayPal to getting a call and getting that invitation into Target. That's incredible. So (laughs) where did your drive and TT's drive come from? You Mm -hmm. were empowered to even bring the idea of these products, Miss Jessie's products to the masses. Where where did your inspiration come from? You know, our inspiration came from the home. You know, we had a dad who uh, was in our life, all of our life, and he had this strong personality and he had very strong ideas about being free. And when he thought about being free, he mentioned being free in your mind Mm -hmm. and being in a decision of choice. And my dad was somewhat of a ladies' man, so he understood the challenges (laughs) that women had as women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he was blessed, yeah, he was blessed to get two girls. Wow. And so he tried to arm us with as many tools as he could to prepare us for the challenges that he thought we would face. And I think when it came to decision making, he thought being independent woman would be the best way to put us in a position for us to be able to make decisions and and survive out here. So at a very early age, my dad actually raised his girls as boys. We were no stranger to hard work. And although we were rich in our minds and had, you know, a dad who was very um, encouraging, we didn't have a lot of money flowing Mm -hmm. through our house. So it wasn't uncommon for him to put, you know, Titi and I to work if he had to clean up a house. He was a real estate broker sometimes. Mm -hmm. He painted houses. He would call us in and we would have to do the cleanup work. And, you know, his motto is, is that, you know, we're a family and we all have to pitch in if we all want to eat. So that was happening at a very early age. Mm. And one other thing happened in our, our family that I think was really powerful. My dad gave us a complex and he would shame us for having aspirations to work for someone. Mm. He thought, you know, yeah, he he um, he had his ways to get his point across. So having aspirations to work for someone was kind of like a no-no growing up. So by the time T.J. and I became uh, young adults, we, you know, it was it was just obvious that we had to at least try our hand at our first business and it was actually in the, in we had a cleaning business. It wow. wasn't in the beauty business. Yeah, we, um, we opened our first business and we cleaned toilets, Michelle, and we did hey, that as long as we could. There's no shame in it. You know, I um, told my last guest, who happened to be one of my besties, Eva Green Wilson, who's Soka mom and has uh, written about mm. natural products, too. She's a blogger. 
um, um, Caribbean mm-hmm. parenting blogger, but we talked about this thread that runs through all of us. If you listen to all the episodes, we all have this insatiable entrepreneurial spirit. And it sounds like your mm-hmm. dad mm-hmm. embedded that in you and TT before you even knew the value of it. And you know what? If you had to clean toilets to get there, more power to you. Yeah, absolutely. When I look back, Michelle, I, you know, the cleaning toilets, that was, is a pretty good startup business in that it doesn't take a lot, you know, to get started. Mm-hmm. You have your mop, you have your, your Clorox, you have your Fantastic, you have your broom, and then you put your labor to it and you, you're literally in business, you know? Right. Um, so it's a wonderful way for people to test um, their hand at being an entrepreneur. I, I, I'm sure Titi and I didn't like it at all, but it was an easy way for us to just get started. Yeah, it sounds like it was low overhead and it got you where you were going. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a lot about. of lessons. Absolutely. There were a lot of lessons in it, but for me, uh, being, uh, uh, being in the cleaning business let me know exactly what I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. So it actually got me t- closer to what do I want to do after cleaning a ton of toilets and just saying, you know what, this is not how I want to spend my time. I don't care if I'm my own boss, but this is not what I want to do. So I had to figure out what, what it is, what it was. Right. So how do you make that transition into hair care from a cleaning service? Mm-hmm. So after, um, you know, the, the cleaning business and knowing what I didn't want to do, I had to focus and pay attention to what I wanted to do. So I was always good at hair. Uh, when I was growing up in Queens, it wasn't on common for many of our friends on our block to get their first perms. Those are relaxers. We call them perms. Right. Um, box braids, anything, you know, um, I just love doing hair. I was good at it. So a lot of our friends got their hair done by me and I just learned to get better and better. So when I was in my early twenties, it was just something that came naturally. And if I could get a mop and a broom and put a price to it, I thought, you know what, I can do the same thing with something that I love. Mm-hmm. And from the lesson of, of doing something that I didn't like, it just came to me quickly. I'm going to do something that I love. And that was such a wonderful choice and decision because as an entrepreneur, although I didn't know it at the time, there's so many challenges in being your own boss. So having a passion for what you do is going to uh, be wonderful when the hard times come. Cause at least uh, when you have to get back on the horse after some failures, you're doing something that, that really satisfies you. Know, you. I'm glad you said that Miko, because in this social media age um if you look at instagram a lot um, sometimes twitter but more so instagram maybe a little bit facebook you see this overarching theme that um oh you want to be an entrepreneur and they almost make it seem like it's a cakewalk and i'm always Mm -hmm. appreciative to hear entrepreneurs be authentic and share the business is ebb and tide And Mm -hmm. you know what? You have to weather the storm, which actually makes you tougher the next go around. And it may not always be Manolo's and private jets. Right. Uh, Being an entrepreneur uh, for me has certainly had its challenges. Um, I found the process to be unforgiving. Um, I didn't know that being my own boss, running my own business with my sister would also 
make me face off with who I really am mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah. Um, I might have had some ideas of who I am or an image in my mind of, of what I what I was. But business has a way of really bringing the truth out true. and really um, revealing what you are, what you're not, what you're good at, what you're not. And it always, always is a big word, but it usually comes at a time when you're not prepared to know, oh, wow, I thought I was good at that, but I, I, I'm so bad. I suck yeah. at that. And those moments of discovery of what you are, what you're not, um, can make someone um, discouraged. It can make them not want to do it anymore. And from my experience, I find like those are the those are the wonderful moments, even though they hurt, even though they're painful. Those are the moments of growth if you're able to um, push through that moment because, um, that's where the change and growth is going to happen. So it's happened to me plenty of times and it hurt so bad, but so glad I stayed the course to be able to learn from it because what those failures do is they prepare you for the next go around. And many of us don't want to experience the same thing over. So we're able to tap into something that really hurt bad that we don't want to revisit. So that's, that's, that's our, our wisdom for next go around. That's good stuff, Miko. I recall uh, when I was running my agency, I thought I had all my T's crossed and my I's dotted. I had a CPA. I had an attorney. I had people on payroll. But one day I went to use our um, business checking card and it was declined. And I knew mm-hmm. there was money in there. And I'm calling around to find out what's going on. There was some letter that came through from a state um, tax department, some random state tax something. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had covered everything. And there was a lean on things. (laughs) I had employees. I mean, they were never the wiser. But that type of thing comes out of nowhere. And it really assaults your, oh gosh, um, your esteem. Because everything is going right. so fine. You're like, wow, I just thought I had everything. My T's crossed and my I's dotted. And you're on the phone with the CPA going, what do I do? And you're trying to figure out how to get your money moving again. Because payroll's coming mm-hmm. down the, 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 the hatch in the next two days. Right. <laughs> yes. And, you know, now I tell these stories. And I still have former employees out there. And every once in a while, I will tell a story like that. And they're just their minds are blown because they're like, we were never the wiser. But it goes to show you how much being your own boss is not just all cakewalk. You carry the burdens for everybody. Oh, every single thing. And, you know, many of us in this country, uh, we go into being our own boss, thinking and believing that we we truly are our own bosses. And um, maybe some of us don't have a partnership uh, like Tiki and I, some of us are, you know, in business by ourselves. But similar, similarly to you, Michelle, Tiki and I thought that we were the only partners in our business. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so one, you know, in our first year of business, we made, we actually made a profit. We got a big tax bill, something that we were never prepared, we, we, we never experienced this before, and we realized, oh my God. We have a third partner, and this partner's never gone away. And uh, our partner's name was called the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't act like a partner, do they? <laughs> Not at all. Not a they friendly one anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
they just come in and take. And um, that understanding, um, having that understanding, I think, is, is key. You know, you need to understand that whatever you make, you have to break off a large part um, to the IRS if you want to stay in business, if you want to stay happily in business, put it that way. So, yeah, these, these kinds of things creep up on you, and sometimes we're, we're prepared for it. Other times we're not, and those are the moments, like I mentioned before, it can make or break um, our decision to move forward or not. That's so valuable to hear that from other entrepreneurs, especially successful ones like you, Miko, and Titi. Um, may she rest in peace. Um, it's so important, so important that other, um, young people and even older people who are even thinking about starting their own business to know that there are challenges and it's how you weather the challenge. Not that you even have the challenge because believe me, the challenge is coming. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know an entrepreneur who hasn't experienced challenge uh, or tribulation. Um, I, you know, I, I'd love to meet one, but I haven't met one yet. And when it comes, um, you definitely want to be able to recover all depending on how, how hard or how tough it was. Yeah. So you're at an interesting point right now. You're doing some exciting things. You have a book and some mm-hmm. other projects that are going on. You want to tell us about them? I do. I, I first start off with my book uh, that I was able to write with my sister, Titi. Our book came out in 2015. And when we decided to write a book, I found 2000. 13, uh, Titi mentioned that uh, it was time for us to to do something different. And I was like, wow, we're really busy in our business. We're making products. Uh, Our work is not done. And she said, yeah, we have more work to do, but we really need to offer a different product. And I was like, well, what's that product called? We already came up with Curly Pudding. We already created Pillow Soft Girls, um, Game Changers, Groundbreakers. What more do we have to do? And she said, well, you know what, Mika, we're influencers. And we'd influence mostly women to... um, experience or um, try to go back natural. And many of them did successfully, did it successfully. And she thought that if we also shared our experience as entrepreneurs, that we would see more people try their hand at being their own bosses. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, wow. Um, I, I think that that's very powerful. And I started off in 2015. It's, it's, Three years later, and I have to say, I've met so many entrepreneurs um, from the time we wrote our book. And as we know, as entrepreneurs, the journey, you know, some of my ideas about business, some of my stance and position on business may have been one way in 2015 or, or prior to that. And then it evolves and changes as things happen in your life. Because as you know, we're so closely connected to our business. Absolutely. So right now, <laughs> right now, um, it's been amazing with all of the things that have happened to me since the time we wrote our book together, all the things that have happened to our business. Um, and I think that story um, is going to continue. The first story that Titi and I created 
created together. And as we all know, it continues and it goes on and on. So I'm gathering all the information. I've already started our second book, but in running our company, um, sometimes I don't have the luxury to bring that whole thing full circle when, uh, you know, we have a fire that needs to be put out. But gathering plenty of information for uh, book number two. So that that's something I'm really, really excited oh, about. I love it. That's exciting. And tell everybody the name of the book and where they can find it. Yep. So the name of our book is called Miss Jessie's Creating a Successful Business from Scratch Naturally. And uh, we would love if you guys would support us and buy the book from MissJessies.com. Uh, we are still privately owned. We have no uh, partners, no angel investors. Um, and to be in business all these years. Wow. And still be, yeah. That's so and still inspiring. still be uh, the owners of our business. Yeah, it's something that we're really proud of. That's very inspiring. Um, I spoke to Jalen Bledsoe in episode two. He's 20 mm -hmm. years old and he's a multimillionaire and he's self-made um, mm. uh, web design and he does some investing as well. And he shared that he had zero debt and the way he's done it is that he reinvests every profit back into the company. And he never I, borrows, I, I but it. people borrow from him, from him because he's <laughs> investing in them. And it's just amazing. Um, it's just awesome. It is amazing. And that takes, you know, it's, 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 it's easy. It's, it's not as easy as it appears that requires sacrifice from Jalen, mm -hmm. uh, that required sacrifice from TT and I to reinvest the money and the profits that you get from your business to put it back into your business. It requires a lot of discipline. It, it requires, uh, for Titi and I, we, you know, we grew up in New York in our twenties. Um, that was the puffy era here in New York. Mm -hmm. So that required, <laughs> we had to, uh, reinvest back in our business, but you know, not going to the party, not buying those red bottoms, getting a roommate, sharing clothes, sharing a car, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so you can reinvest in your business. I, I think, you know, that sacrifice really plays a huge role. So by the time Jalen is able to um, enjoy the fruits of his labor, I'm sure his sacrifices, I'm sure he remembers it all. Oh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, tell us the story of Miss Jessie, because Miss Jessie is a real person. She is. Miss Jessie is our grandmother on our father's side, and she was probably the most independent woman that I've ever met in my entire life. And she ruled our family from her kitchen table. And she was a Southern woman, and she migrated from North Carolina to Poughkeepsie, New York. And she was a single parent, but she had this unique quality in that she was fiercely independent during a time when it wasn't that common to be as independent as she was. And she had this spirit, this do-it-yourself spirit. So we would see it in a lot of different areas of her life. And one area that it really showed up uh, a lot in was her cooking. She was a great cook, and she didn't like what they had, you know, ready-made in the store. So she would make it herself um, from from her kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And 
we would sit around her and we would have to help her. So we didn't know while we were sitting around soaking up all that wisdom, we didn't know that we would tap into those skills that we learned at her kitchen table to become uh, Miss Jessie's and mix our own products. Right. But it wasn't just the products and that 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 uh, skill set that we learned. We also learned how to become our own bosses. She was the first CEO, you know, the first uh she, she was just a wonderful delegator, you know, so when Titi and I didn't have mentors in the formal sense of the word or because we didn't go to business school, we would have to tap into Miss Jessie a lot and mm-hmm. say, well, what would Miss Jessie do? And that was our guide. And, you know, that was our reference when it came time for us to run our own business. So she was many things, you know, in one and uh, she was fearless, and she loved her family, and um, she was a woman with a lot of principles. So I, I try to emulate her in many ways in my own life, and um, I'm just so fortunate that I had the chance to, to be around her. That's awesome. What advice do you think Miss Jessie might have for young, aspiring entrepreneurs today? She would, yeah. I think the two things, two things are coming to mind. Uh, particularly for women, she, uh, like my father, and this is where he got uh, his, his, his ideas about, about being uh, our own bosses. Particularly for women, my grandmother would want us to continue to be independent and have a mind of your own. Uh, my grandmother did not like followers. She liked leaders. Mm. And leadership comes not only in areas of business, but also in your life. You know, being able to have your own mind and being able to stand by your decisions, good or bad. Uh, she liked um, or wanted... Um, her people to be accountable and to have the courage to do what they felt was best. That would be one thing, being independent and being a leader. And then also, uh, she was really big on treating people how uh, she wanted to be treated. And, you know, I think about that a lot. Uh, when creating relationships, you know, this journey, you're part of a village, we're part of a community, and you can't do things by yourself. You do need help. And creating those relationships, they go a long way. You know, we don't know everything. And, and, you know, sometimes we need a lot of help. So treating people how you want to be treated is still key, particularly during a time where many of us aren't seeing one another. Mm -hmm. You know, we're communicating through text, we're communicating through email. But those that that intention can still resonate through the airwaves and, um, I, I live by that, and it's it served me well in my career in business, and also personally, treat people how you want to be treated. That's the golden rule. So what's next? What's, what's next for you? You have uh-huh. another book coming that you're working on. Any mm-hmm. other projects? Well, we are Miss Jessie's and we, you know, we have a specialty in all things curls, kinks and waves. So we have actually five new products uh, out in the market now and uh, they're wonderful. We are uh, right uh, in the, the midst of our buy one, get one fifty off so people can experience our new products. We have a, a gloss uh, shine spray. We have a hair growth oil. We have a new styling product called Honey Curls, which many people love. And one of 
the products that I'm really excited about is Hold Me Down. Oh. That's our edge control, uh, edge control uh, gel, and it does exactly what it says it's going to do. And many of us who wear our hair natural and even straight, we want that extra support. Um, and uh, it does it. That, that's, that's a very, very good one. Hold Me Down. Well, that sounds fascinating. I'm going to try that because, uh, you know, you want to get those edges laid, right? <laughs> yes, 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 we do. <laughs> And one more is Curl So Fresh. After we put all this work, I don't know if if anyone or everyone knows this, but natural hair is not easy, you know? No. It requires a lot of work. It requires our concentration. So some of us don't want to duplicate that the next day. So Curl So Fresh is a curl refreshing spray that helps you to revive your curls the next day without putting all the work you did on day one. So those are our five. I love it. I was going to ask you about the difference between the natural hair care market when you first entered Target and mm-hmm. now it's super saturated. What do you <laughs> think about the environment and how has that changed the way you do business or has it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when Titi and I first went into Target, um, there were just a handful of uh, small businesses like Miss Jessie's. And uh, Titi and I are proud to say uh, we were the first in our area that really put a focus on the tighter coil curl. Mm-hmm. Um so there were a small handful of businesses that uh, were making products to uh, market to, to women with textured hair. But now when you go into Target, there's so many options. There's, you know, there's a lot of choices. And when I look at that and when I think about that, I think about progress. And for Titi and I, when we first started out, it was clear to us that the natural hair movement or team natural or natural hair, hashtag natural hair, was so much bigger than just products for natural hair. Um, So much bigger than the beauty business. You know, it was a lifestyle. It was a movement. And for Titi and I, it was too important for us to keep uh, salon secrets to ourselves because we, as women who had a tighter, who have a tighter coil curl, we imagined that many women didn't know um, all that needed to be known about what God gave us naturally. You know, so um, with that, not only were there products in the market, but there was um, a lot of esteem uh, rebuilding going on. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of conversations being made. But another phenomenon happened, you know, in in the beauty business and in the the natural hair movement with all of the choices and the offering is not only were Tiki and I influencing people to embrace their natural hair, we were also inspiring other business people, other people who wanted to be like Miss Jessie's and do things like Miss Jessie's to set up in Target. When they saw that Miss Jessie's had an opportunity to be in Target and to market and sell products to people who look like us or people like them, I believe we inspired many to um, try their hand at natural hair. Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, we were able to see a lot of folks, you know, on the shelves sharing space with us. At first, i be honest, and, and I can certainly tell you that 
it wasn't so flattering when I saw Uncle Jesse's or oh, yeah. when I saw people using Miss Jesse's logo on their jar. It was really, it was off-putting. Um, I, I wasn't that mature in, you know, my, my reactions to seeing that. I, I wanted to be uh, known as the first, and mm-hmm. um, somehow I felt, you know, I felt offended. But as time moved on, I realized that that's a beautiful thing. And uh, when you see people emulate you, and when you're creating an inspiring opportunity for others, it's so much bigger than, uh, oh, you know, um, you're trying to copy me. You know, it's, right. it's, it's, it's change, and it's something that, that was bigger than Titi and I. And we see it when we look in the media. Uh, we see the results of the beauty ideal that's mm-hmm. changed. It's no longer us trying to emulate uh, women with straight hair. Although many of us enjoy wearing our hair straight, we have options now. And for people who don't want to go to work nine to five, we know that, you know, there's a very prosperous business in in the beauty business with natural hair. So, you know, I I believe that we're going to see others, you know, try their hand at at natural hair in some shape or form. So I'm proud. And I was just I'm so thankful and grateful to have been a part of it um, in in its inception phase. And you should be proud, Miko. I can't describe (laughs) the feeling that I had. And I know that it was echoed across the internet when I saw Miss Jessie on Target Shelf. There, <laughs> there was no feeling like it. And I think the next time that I had that feeling was when there was a whole section mm-hmm. in Walgreens or Dwayne Reed that was mm-hmm. dedicated to natural hair. Like, I literally took a picture of it and put it on Facebook. Oh, you and many others. It was it was monumental. And, you know, growing up in, in, in New York or anywhere in this country, we remember the days of, you know, the section that was marketed to, you know, women who use relaxers or, you know, women with a tighter co- coiled natural texture. It was always dusty, dimly lit, not a lot mm-hmm. of love and care. And, you know, proudly, it was companies like Miss Jessie's that um, demonstrated that we are serious about our hair. We're willing to spend money for products that work. And uh, it wasn't until we stopped buying relaxers uh, that, you know, some of the mass retailers stopped to take notice and took us seriously. So now when you go into those aisles, those aisles have uh, assortment and they're also beautiful because we're consumers and we're willing to spend on the things that we like and that we trust. So um, I think, you know, the, the natural hair movement has just span out in so many different ways. And that's just another area where I see um, the recognition that, that we've always, always wanted. We're, we're a great group of people and uh, we just have so much more to offer and we haven't stopped. We're not going to stop and we haven't stopped yet. Absolutely. I just know how affirming that was. And I want to get back to the, the knockoff brands that you mentioned. You, mm-hmm. you know what that reminds me of? You know, the movie Coming to America. You remember yes. McDougal's? <laughs> Yes, I do. Yeah, and I, I mentioned that because while we got a chuckle out of McDougal's and it seemed like Mr. McDougal was doing good business, we mm-hmm. all still knew who McDonald's was. 
Yeah, branding is so important. And branding, you know, when we think of branding, we should think of a personality and think of a, a real being and what makes Miss Jessie's or what makes another brand identify in the way that it does. Mm-hmm. And we should, you know, if it were up to me, I believe we should all be different. But the truth is, is that somehow, some way, I imagine that we're all inspired by one another because we all share this space, you know, we all share this planet together. Yes. But in branding, you know, if you can, if you're, you're fortunate enough to get your message across in a strong way and be able to speak to a customer and they're able to identify you, I think you did a good job. And I think, I, I don't think, I know for Miss Jessie's, Titi and I were authentic and when people see Miss Jessie's, they know um, who we are and what we stand for and um, what our intentions were and are when it comes to offering solutions for for your hair. Tell us about your salon. Oh my God, the salon is a special place. It's a wonderful place. It's where it all started. Uh, the salon is our R&D. It's where we get inspiration, but it's where we make people happy. Uh, before Miss Jessie's products, we were in a salon just beautifying women and, and doing every single head of hair, every single head who came through our salon with love. We wanted the, our customers to be happy and to be satisfied um, with with who they are and how how they look. So that started um, way before the products. So by the time the products came, the products were a way to enhance everything that we're doing. We moved to Manhattan in 2010. So we're in Soho. We're on Broadway between Grand and Howard Street. And then we also have a studio... Yeah, we also have a studio that I operate by appointment only in Florida because I'm between uh, Florida and, and New York. Oh, good to know. What part of Florida? I'm in Fort Lauderdale. I started off in Miami, so we have uh, our business in uh, Fort Lauderdale and also Miami. But our salon is in Fort Lauderdale because I don't know if you know anything about Miami. It tends to be very trafficy as you go sure. further south. Fort Lauderdale was a was a, was an area in Florida where many people can get to Miss Jessie's without without all the congestion. So we had to be there for a second to figure those things out, but I think we got it. That's fantastic. That is awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you, Miko. Um, I call everybody that comes through here a friend. Many folks that I have known for a long time, some that I have just met. Uh, You and I met very briefly at the 2016 Entrepreneur Summit at Black Enterprise. And, you know, it's a pleasure to make this connection. Um, because I, I oh. did have that connection with your products. And of course, Thank our you. mutual friend, Patrick Riley, connected us. And <laughs> shout out to Patrick. I'm so, shout. so happy that you came on. Definitely shout out to Patrick. But it's so good to have been able to uh, to, to speak with you now after connecting with you um, some years ago. So I, I, I feel like we're memorable and um, I'm never going to forget this conversation. And I just want to thank you for having me on your show. I really enjoyed our, our Absolutely. talk. Absolutely. Whatever I can do, Miko, to support you, you just let me know, okay? And we'd love to have you back on at another time. I will. Once I uh, get my book up and running again, yes. I will be sure to come back on and tell you, fill you guys in on the, the extension on the journey. 
Perfect. That sounds like a plan. Thank you so much, Miko. Thank you, Michelle. All righty. Wasn't that one of the most inspiring conversations that we've heard yet on The Culture Soup? There have been a lot of good ones, but that one was just amazing. And to add to it, yes, indeed, Miko was kind enough to leave The Culture Soup podcast listeners with giveaways. So she's left us with that hold me down edge control, a bottle of the curl so fresh, a bottle of the gloss so good, a container of the grow strong hair oil, it has mafura in it, and honey curls. All eight and six ounce bottles. Uh, that jar of hold me down is 2.25 ounces. I'm bundling that and I'm going to give it away. But here's how we're going to do it. I need you to sign up at theculturesoup.com. Look for the section that says giveaway with Miss Jessie's and leave me your email address. And we are going to randomly select someone to win this bundle of products from Miss Jessie's. I'm so excited. Thank you, Miko Branch, for leaving these for us. If you're interested, if you're a member of Team Natural, sign up. Go to theculturesoup.com. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup. Look for us on Facebook. Tell a friend to subscribe. We're anywhere great podcasts drop, and we drop every Thursday. Until next time, have a great day. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Silos Communications.